and welcome to Station Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford and joined a day late because of me sleeping yesterday by my friend and co-host, Stu Lennon. Hey, Stu, how are you on a Friday today? It seems weird. End of the weekend. Hopefully you're having a tipple as we talk. I, I have to say I'm not. Uh, my body is a temple. Uh, I'm taking a, a leaf out of the Justin Twyford book. No, uh, I've been studying all day. And I'm going to have to do some more studying tomorrow. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping that today will be another alcohol-free day. I I have to say, Justin, this is very exciting news, but I've already hit my target for alcohol-free days in the week. So I can cut loose as long as I don't drink too much. Um, <laughs> but, but being of the age that we are, if I have a couple of drinks, the chances of me getting up early to finish the studying that I have to do for a deadline on Sunday are slim. So um, I'm going to be a good boy, I think. There'll be no tippling here. How are things in Canada? Oh, well, if we're talking alcohol, I'm I'm trying to have a good week, Stu. Good man. Last week, we were, we were on vacation, and that was the wife and myself. And one of the things we wanted to do was explore the local neighborhood. And apparently my local neighborhood has 186 different vineyards around wineries. That's not including all the cider and alcohol and brewing and all that stuff. This is just pure grapes wine. So guess what we did a lot of? I think we have different ideas the size of a neighborhood. 186 vineyards. I mean, what's your neighborhood? France? <laughs> this is uh, within about an hour's drive so uh, you know it's okay. it's not really really local i mean the local one which we did hit again um last week is about a seven or eight minute uh, stagger down the street uh, which is as close as it needs to be for you know it's it's hot out i don't want to walk down the street um but yeah it's it's a little too tempting uh, so we we made a whole week of exploring vineyards and uh, we had some absolutely lovely tastings we were on the back of a 1952 pickup truck driving around a farm tour uh, they've got 600 acres on this one farm we went to um, of different uh, vines and grapes and uh, some organic some not so organic seeing all the difference in how they were made and grown and processed and well of course then you get to stop you pick the blueberries and you go and have some tastings and a charcuterie plate and well then of course it would be just completely wrong not to have a bottle with your with your cheese so uh yeah we drank a lot of wine i was my my app is not speaking to me at all this week <laughs> it's uh it, it i i don't even want to I, I don't even want to confess how many uh drinks and, and I, I was good i accurately was chalking them up each time. Uh, the only thing that I was glad is that I didn't have your app, which tells me to measure how much because a long pour or a short pour from my app are the same. But uh, yeah, it was disturbing. So I'm trying to be good this week. Um, we had one <laughs> night where we opened a bottle of wine and we sat outside and uh, the dog was on the couch. I had a book and a glass of wine. It was lovely one evening. Uh, but it's a bit hot to sit outside now. Uh, 
we're into uh, mid to high thirties at the moment. So, uh, mm-hmm. I think we went, took Coco for a walk at about, uh, eight o'clock last night and it was still about 35 degrees, yep. which I think is your kind of weather and well, English weather from, uh, last week, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, sure. it's a bit warm. Yeah. So that, that is it for, for me and, uh, drinking. So I'm trying to be good this week. Well, I'm very impressed. Yes. Um, it's been a busy week. I back to work. So that always makes life difficult. And then I did that crazy thing of going into the office, which, oh God, Stu, my, my truck looks like a a murder scene. Uh, I went across the mountains and all the bugs are out. And, oh my God, I had to stop at every gas station to scrape the bugs off my windshield so I could see. It was absolutely brutal. Wow. Uh, And it made for a supremely long day, which is why I slept in yesterday. And, uh, Stu was texting me saying, Hey, uh, are we recording today or not? So, uh, my apologies again for that. Yeah. No problem at all. I found something useful to do with my time, which was to, uh, follow up, to pack up, uh, a pen for a listener, wait for it, in Sweden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Martin, Martin Lindskrug, which is probably not how you say it in Swedish, but it's how I say it in my head, so that counts. <laughs> uh, who, he he tweeted me something about podcasting and um, Patreon and Bitcoin. And I just went, oh no, go away. <laughs> because that's my general response to all things Bitcoin. Uh, but no, I've, I've, um, I've guested on Martin's, one of Martin's podcasts. I don't know if he still does that one, but he's, he's a very, very prolific podcaster. Um, and anyway, I've, I finally got, got someone. So I've packed up, wait for it, Justin, not one, but two pens, I have to say, and, um, all sorts of other goodies as well, because clearly this is an Aladdin's cave for stationery. So, um, I just sort of cast my, 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 I went, Oh, one of those, maybe one of those. Uh, so hopefully we'll be quite pleased when it gets to it. What about you? Have you had any takers for the United States or even Canada? I've had a lot of takers. Uh, and first off, I haven't got back to most people yet because, well, there is a ton of mail that I haven't had a chance to look at. Uh, so thank you to everybody that has emailed me um we have lots of listeners in america apparently Stu. now will they go one really cool one that our podcast and fountain pens made it up to the arctic circle oh which i just thought was really cool wow thanks for sharing that aaron um so yeah there'll be some pens coming up um have you ever seen that movie a johnny depp movie called the ninth gate no uh it's a uh, it's a story about books, which, you know, close to my heart, but, uh, it's kind of a, a weird story based on, uh, Club Dumas by Otoro Perez Reverte, which is one of my favorite books. Johnny Depp goes to a bookseller who's, uh, had hard times. He's had a collection. He lives in this broken down house and in order to pay the taxes, he has to sacrifice one of his books. And in the scene where he meets with Johnny Depp, he's talking about the sacrifice of the books. He's got this amazing collection in this house laid on the floor because he sold all the bookcases and everything to support this collection. And he's talking about how he goes through and selects one so that the others may live. 
And it's always one of his favorites. And it's always a difficult process for him. It takes him, you know, sort of six months to do it. And it's such an interesting thing because, well, with all the interests that I've got, I've got to sit down this week and go through my pen collection and, you know, figure out really what I'm not using because uh, there'll be a lot of these pens going out. I don't even want to think about how much it's going to cost in shipping and packaging. I got to figure out packaging too, Stu. Wow. Things that I haven't thought of yet. So it'll be uh, this weekend that I will be uh, figuring out all of this stuff, making the uh, the deep cuts, if you like, for our, our collection and sending out stuff to listeners. But I have a feeling my collection will be fairly well decimated after this. So uh, I'm not sure that I've got oh, wow. a whole lot more that uh, that I'll be sending out. So we'll, we'll see. Um, once a weekend comes and I've gone through and I've done this delicate process of figuring out which ones can go so the rest may live. Oh, well, there you go. Well, if you're in Europe, you carry on. I've got plenty for you. <laughs> all right. Now you're going to have to send me some over too. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, all right. That's, I think, about it. I got one question for you. Hmm. I don't know if you, did you follow this whole Instagram video link from the CEO, Adam Masseri, the other day? Um. I saw it, and then I saw beneath it that uh, this unknown face was the CEO of Instagram, and then didn't click on it because I had no interest in what he had to say. Yeah, you should uh, read the comments. They were quite hilarious and uh, a little pointed too. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm sort of an old school photographer. I like sharing my photos that I take with people. And Instagram has basically said, no, we're going video. We're becoming TikTok. This guy's a real bellend. I mean, geez, Murphy. <laughs> he is, if there is not a more unlikable person directing the future of, of his, uh, you know, it's right, it's right up there. Meta. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but, uh, he had this whole thing basically saying, we know you don't like it, but engagement statistics and we're going double down on, on this. I don't know other networks out there. Twitter is really not good for sharing that kind of stuff. And it tends to be, well, a little shouty. I'm not sure where to invite people I know to go to. That is just a nice, pleasant social media Instagram of the old days where you could keep in touch with people. You could see what they were up to. They could see what I'm up to. We can comment and like and, you know, feel good about it. Not any of this I'm trying to promote to people I don't know and don't care about. I don't want to be a content creator like that. I do podcasting for my shouting at the internet. But yeah, I just want a way to connect with people. Uh, do you have any suggestions? Are you using anything or are you kind of throwing your hands up about social media the way I am at the moment? Well, I, I have um, two things, neither of which can be much use to you. One, there is a photo sharing app uh, that is much more as you describe, although there's less ability to comment. Um, you, I think you just sort of look. You know, they're trying to sort of consciously not have engagement. Um and I can't remember the name of it, which is why it's going to be no use to you at all. Um, and the second one is that uh, you missed Adam. Adam Adam came on again. He's he's done another video uh, and he's gone, oh, you really did hate it. We're rolling it all back. Ah, 
the fact that he even came out and did that in the first place just tells me that Instagram is not really a place I want to be. <laughs> Though I am using, uh, the in Setup, there's a program called Grids, which is Instagram for your Mac. It is Instagram minus all the Instagram cruft for your Mac. So you can actually see things. It doesn't automatically play videos or stop as you swipe from one to the next. It's actually not bad. Uh, so I'm kind of running that at the moment. Um, you know, the advantage of that is you're, when you're bored, you don't just swipe on your phone. Oh, let's see what's going on. Uh, you have to make a determined effort to sit at a computer and look at it, which is nice. But again, you're just not seeing the stuff that I used to see from people that I want to see their stuff. So it's, it's a challenge. Sure. Um, I have deleted both Twitter and Instagram off my phone because, well, rage quit, I think is, uh, uh, without, without all the dramatic, I'm quitting, I'm leaving, delete, delete, delete. Um, and I just use them on my Mac because I find that I am much more mindful about my scrolling when it's on my Mac versus on my phone. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, uh, yeah, if anybody knows of anything that is where all the cool people are going and the cool people, I mean, my friends and family, not, um, social media influences because, well, I just don't know who Kardashians are. I mean, I wouldn't recognize one if they walk past me tomorrow in the street, but I'm okay with that. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, that gap in my life of not knowing who all the popular people are in social media, but it's, it's frustrating for me. Anyway, a bit of a rant so we can move off. <laughs> all right. Then. So tool of the week for me is, uh, is the, the good old fashioned deadline. Um, as previously trailed, uh, I have a deadline for Sunday night, sort of, um, I suppose it's, it'll be midnight. Someone's time. I don't know whose time. I think it's midnight Zurich time. So that would be 11 p.m. my time, uh, for my second module final assignment in my MBA. So uh, we discussed it a little bit um, offline. It's all about uh, ESG, environmental, social, and governance, um, and is really not even as exciting as it sounds. <laughs> yeah. Deadlines definitely help for that. Yeah. That would be one of those. Yeah. A good dose of procrastination. Oh, yes. A little bit of wine and uh, a, a lot of last minute crushing to beat that deadline. Look. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of that. There's, um, you know, I know more about soy than I ever wanted to, I'll be honest. Um, and I just need to uh, express all that in a nice, concise manner with Harvard referencing. Thank you so much. What about you? What's been your tool of the week? Well, I was actually going to say, welcome to my world, knowing all about soy. Uh, now you can start uh, eating it as a substitute and, uh, you know, doing all this. You, you can you can be a vegetarian like me as well. But this was the thing, Justin, that, that was exactly where I was coming from. And so my answer does start with, there was me thinking this was all about vegetarians. And the greatest, the biggest consumers of soy are meat eaters. Who knew? Well, I know now. Um, there's uh, some statistics have been done. Uh, here we go. You see, you started me. Uh, I've started to finish. Um, the average European consumes 62 kilograms of soy per annum. 
And most of them do that without ever eating any soy, because this is a calculation of the sort of derivative soy, the soy that is used, because the major use of soy is to feed livestock. Mm -hmm. And therefore, to feed those livestock, we're essentially deforesting huge parts of uh, Southern America. And then feeding up our pigs so that we can all have lovely bacon sandwiches. Um, and as a consequence, soy, which I think people have that association of being sort of vegetarian and good for you, um, is a huge threat to the world's ecosystem. Well, I suppose I learned something useful. I was going to ask for the Harvard referencing of that statistic just for, you know, podcast completionists, but I think that might lose the rest of our <laughs> listeners that have still stayed with us until this point. It will certainly be available. Don't you worry, young man. <laughs> um, I won't give it to you, though, just in case you put it in the show notes. Oh, God, yes. Yes. Well, that's good. Deadlines are good for you. That's, who would have known? <laughs> uh, mine is, well, seriously, I mentioned it already. I'm not drinking this week's stew. I'm detoxing and been productive uh, because, oh, my gosh, last week was rough. I... Even I, and this is, you know, something I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a heavy drinker, but I do like a tipple now and then. Um, even I was getting a little sick of, uh, all the alcohol by the end of the week. Uh, my wife said, let's, let's go to one more winery. And it was kind of like, yeah. do we have to? And that is so un out of character for me that, uh, there we go. Uh, so I'm going to start on, on the cideries next. Just for some fun. <laughs> there we go. A change is as good as a rest. I mean, I, I have to say, I went, Tuesday is, uh, is the men's night here in the village. Uh, it's something that I instigated. We got a new taverna and, and we were just, we were at its opening night going, oh, this looks like it'd be fun. And I said, look, it's important, guys, that we support this because new business, et cetera. So why don't we say we're going to meet every week uh, and we'll have a, a beer, a bite to eat, whatever. And so we do. Um, and because I sort of started it, I kind of feel obliged to go to it. And I, I do, it's, it's slightly grown in that my wife comes quite a lot now and my wife is not, um, a man. She's, she's definitely a woman, but we've sort of opened membership to pretty much anybody who wants to go. So we're sitting around, uh, I suppose there are six or seven people there, maybe eight. And the sun was, you know, beginning to go down. The evening was getting, you know, going from very, very hot to sort of bearably hot. Um, and I'm thinking, you know what, I'll have a cold beer. I mean, what, what, what could be better than a cold beer? So we're there, I don't know, three hours, three and a bit hours. And we have a pizza. Um, my wife and I split a pizza, which is most unlike me, but I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to be good about my eating. And I have four beers and then the, the owner of the bar, uh, gives me a, a little malt scotch at the end as a sort of, you know, as a, a, a thank you. Mm. Oh, I'm, I go home pretty mellow thinking, yeah, that was a lovely evening. I enjoyed that. It was pretty good. My app, oh, it went bright red. I mean, literally, it went red, Justin. <laughs> Heavy drinking. Like, whoa, 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 hang on. I had, I had four, four beers and a scotch. If that's heavy drinking. I, I just thank the Lord that this app didn't know me. 30 years ago and it, <laughs> I'm sure it would, have, it would have blown itself to bits. It would just won't be able to cope. Uh, but like you, I'm, I'm, I'm being very, very honest with it. So I'm putting everything in there 
uh, in the hope that I'll have some data that I can look back at and, and see something useful. Um, but I'm, I'm beginning to think that we're never going to agree on what constitutes a big night out. It's just not going to happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, four beers and a scotch. Hey, there's a, there's a lovely appetizer, but uh, yeah, for, for when we're young anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, the, only, the only good thing about being honest when we were young is, well, you started drinking in the evening and then it ran into the next day. So, you know, it was actually two days worth of drinking according to an app. But yes. Oh, yes. Life was simpler when we didn't have apps. <laughs> Definitely. I was really chuffed with myself <laughs> on Wednesday. I went out for my first ever business lunch since COVID. Oh, well done. And I did not have a drink. Good man. Which was very nice. Everybody, it, we were sitting outside at a, at a restaurant on a, a river. Uh, it was really nice uh, down in Vancouver and uh, everybody was having a beer with their, with their lunch and, uh, I stuck with the ice water because I was trying to make sure that, uh, I did not get into the habit of last week, but, uh, it was weird and nice to be out in, in public again, because that is sort of my first uh, two and a half years, uh, almost three years probably of, uh, mm. not going out for business lunches. So it felt weird and cool and, uh, yeah, alcohol free. So yay me. Well, there we go. What about pen and ink? What have you been using this week? So last week I got the Lamy dialogue the day before we recorded, it came in, in the mail. So I'd, I'd inked it up and tried it and not really written much with it. So I've been writing with it this week. I don't know if you've ever written with one of these Stu. No, I haven't. Remember brass knuckles, you know, or, uh, truncheons, policeman truncheons, mm -hmm. uh, this thing, it's, it's a metal pen. It's a heavy pen. It's a thick pen and it's long and I swear this could do GBH to somebody. It is absolutely a monster. I can see why it's a acquired taste for a lot of people. Um, I quite like it apart from it is a Lamy nib and we all know about Lamy nibs and me. They are a little thick. So this is, well, it's like a Japanese a sort of broad, which is supposed to be a, a Lamy fine, but you know, it's okay. It's a gold nib. So it's quite, quite lovely for that, but it's, it's big and it takes a little getting used to, but it's quite nice. And then I got a, a Leonardo Momento Magico Millifiore. If I said that anything close to right, pretty close. if not, uh, please don't email Stu, not me because <laughs> he's a language guy. I'm not. Um, which is a different version of the Leonardo pens that has a piston filler with an ink window in it, which is really lovely. Uh, it is a, a steel nib. This, the nib's a little bit scratchy, uh, but it's quite fine. So I tuned that a little bit and quite enjoying it. It's kind of a ready mottled red color. So hmm. it's really lovely. I've got some, some, some red in it. Forgot to put a link in the show notes so you can't see it, but that's okay, Stu. You can Google it if you're bored. <laughs> I'll believe you. Mm. How about you? What are you up to? Uh, well, I'm, I'm in the same pens, so I've still got my two sailors going, the Pro Gear Slim and the Pro Gear Regular, and my Lamy 2000. Um, but I was finding them all a little bit sort of scratchy. I was like, what's going on? Am I, am I, am I holding it differently? Am I pressing too hard? And I realized it was the paper. Um, because I lose, I lose, I use quite a lot of Rodea, mm -hmm. um, which I love and Rodea loves, uh, sort of 
big nibs, wet ink. It's a big fan of that stuff. With these sort of smaller nibs, Japanese mediums, and even with the Lamy filled with the ink that it's filled with, uh, it it doesn't really get on with it. I can sort of feel the texture through the nib. Um, and it was, it's not a great writing experience for me. So I just switched notebook. Um, <laughs> I'm now using my Stalogy 365, uh, which I was using for another purpose. And I'm sort of just changing purposes. God, I'm going wild. Um, but that's, that's Tomoe-ish sort of paper. So um, very good with with those drier inks that I'm using and those slightly smaller nibs. So um, it's like having a whole new pen using it on the right paper. Pen and paper matching, very important. Mm. Uh, we did get a question about the Lamy notebooks from one of our listeners. Mm. Um, what is your thought on those and how are you using them? Uh, okay, uh, Lamy notebook was a complete unknown to me until... I'm going to say last year, where they uh, launched a new range of hardcover and softcover. Um, the paper is absolutely lovely, to my great surprise, actually. I thought it was going to be sort of averagey. When pen people make paper, um, it sometimes doesn't go terribly well. Uh, but it was beautiful. Um, it's got a really weird ruling on it. Um, it's a sort of graph above a uh, lined with a little bit of dot. It's kind of got everything in there. Um, and on a blank page, I look at it and I think, that's a bit off-putting. And yet, the minute I start using the notebook and writing on it, uh, it, it disappears for me. So um, they're really, really good. They're very good value. If you, you know, uh, they're A5, both the softback and the, the hardcover. Mm -hmm. um and yeah i use them as you know sort of in my rotation for daily drivers journals that type of thing um and the small ones the soft cover ones uh fit very well in something like a lock b sort of notebook case which i i use if i'm on the road i have a couple of little notebooks in there on a sort of traveler's system if you like you know the elastics mm -hmm. uh they're perfect for that oh interesting i have one of the a5s sitting in my notebook collection but I tend to rotate pens a lot quicker than I rotate papers, so I haven't got to it yet. For sure. But uh, yeah. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it now, hearing that. Yeah, it's nice. You'll enjoy it, I think. I'll have to finish something. I'm not too far from finishing a journal, so maybe I'll I'll do something different and change out of my normal. <gasps> oh, changing, Stu. Liar. That's, that's always a, a scary thing, isn't it? Life on the edge. That's me. Life on the edge. Uh, or no, nothing was trying to kill me this week. So I guess that's life on the edge. <laughs> uh, though my di my wife did find a big praying mantis, uh, on the side of, uh, her, her parents' house, which is down the street, which is, she's taken to sending me pictures of bugs, whether it's, uh, spiders that are trying to kill me, or we got these big things called dune bugs that are about two inches long. It, this place is, is so weird. Anyway, let's, let's get back on topic. Let's talk about emails too. Oh, let's. How, what, what is email and how do you manage it? Uh, okay, well, first of all, I'm going to give you a quote because just as we decided we were going to do this, I was reading a tweet from uh, Tiago Forte, the guy who wrote uh, Building a Second Brain mm -hmm. uh, on Twitter. And he wrote, How has a simple medium as email, originally meant for sending messages, expanded to become a notification system, a to do list, a note taking tool, a contact database, and an archival system for our digital lives? 
Um, now, I don't know if it has become that. Um, there, there may be a, an element of um, exaggeration there. But it's certainly some email apps do try to be all those things. Uh, I'm looking at you, Outlook. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. That sounds exactly like a list of Outlook features, doesn't it? Yeah. And I mean, I, I wanted to sort of respond to, I didn't actually, but I wanted to respond to him and saying, well, the answer to that is probably corporate IT departments and their love affair with Microsoft. But sort of on, on a personal level, I, um, I like you when uh, Basecamp or 37 Signals, as they are again, um, launched Hey Email, which must have been a couple of years ago now, I want to say. Mm. Um, I, you know, I tried it. I spent some time there, then got a little bit worried about all of their sort of corporate shenanigans and uh, HR explosions, which they decided to have in public. Um, and I've recently gone back to it. So I use a email pretty much for everything. So I use it for my consultancy business uh, insofar as my consultancy business emails forward to my personal email. And I answer from my personal email, which people will tell you is an absolute no, no, you can't, you can't do it. Um, you can, if your corporate business is you, I mean, there, I, there isn't anyone else. So, um, people say to me, oh, is, is that your, your email address now? And I go, no, they all work, but this is the one that's, that's with me all the time. So you can use this one, that one, I don't mind. Uh, and people have been very relaxed about that. Um, pocket notebooks or Nero's notes, uh, both of those email addresses still work. Um, that gets forwarded to my personal, uh, and I respond from my personal <laughs> and it's also my personal email address. So everything I have forwarding into that, and I have it forwarding in that so I can use its, its filter systems. Um, so, um, well, I wrote in the, I'll give you a brief expo. What Hay does, uh, is it treats email a little bit differently. So it's not an email client, it's an email service. It's the whole thing. Um, it does have clients uh, for everything, um, but most of them will look a bit webby because they are a bit webby. Um, the screener is, for me, one of the, the best functions. So every time someone sends an email, the system looks at it and goes, have I had an email from this person before? If the answer to that is no, it puts it into a holding cell and asks me if I want to have email from this person. And if I say no, then I'll never get email from that person, mm. um, which I love. I absolutely love that because the amount of companies that send me emails saying about your IT system, your telephone system, your you know, insert system here, um, just salespeople trying to, uh, you know, work a list. They're just sending out auto-generated auto mails. Uh, I don't get those anymore. You know, every now and again, one hits the screen out, I screen it out, boof, I never see it. You can bring those back if you want, but I never see them. Um, then you have the uh, IM box, that's I-M-B-O-X, <laughs> which is where... Ugh, uh, I hate that name with a passion. I know you do, I know you do. Um, which is where important mail goes, hence the IM. <laughs> see what they did there. Um, then you have uh, a little button, a magic button, that will allow you to get to another mailbox, if you like, called feed, which is where you put newsletters and the like. Uh, another one called paper trail, which is where you put receipts and the like. That's it. Those are your mailboxes. 
You don't have folders. You can create tags and all that sort of jazz if you want. But the the thought process behind this is um, just just chill. So email from someone important to me, i.e. a personal contact, or someone I know or a business associate will go to my inbox and it will sit there until I do something with it, just like in a normal email client. Stuff that goes to the feed, I will only see if I go, oh, let me have a look and see what's in the feed. And it's, it's, like, a, it's like a Twitter feed. So I can scroll back and scroll back. It's, it's all uh, in time order. So it's not like a Twitter feed then. <laughs> yes. It's like, it's like the classic Twitter feed, perhaps. Uh, the old Twitter feed, you know, think, think back to our, uh, call back to our earlier conversation over feeds at Instagram and Twitter. Yes. Yes. Um, so I'm using that. Um, I'm loving it. It's, uh, I've had to completely change the way that I view email. And I think I've probably, well, I know I've had to change it from the way that you still use email. Um, and it was a very conscious thing for me to do it just to say, okay, look, I used to have archives of all of my email. I now don't, I, I don't care. My email of 2012 is gone. It is left. I've got rid of it. And if I ever need it, then I shall go dash it. I've lost it and try and get the information another way. Um, just because it was becoming such a, a millstone for me, both electronically and physically. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I could do that. But again, sort of our use case is a, a little different. I could do it for some stuff. I, I am still in the corporate world and have to have corporate emails. And that gets confusing if it's a different email. And honestly, I don't really want them all cluttering up my personal email. Ugh, that just, it's, it sounds, sounds horrific. Do you ever get back to inbox zero to use the Merlin man term from 20 years ago? Oh yeah, every day. Good. Yeah, yeah, every day. Because because not much gets into my inbox anymore. <laughs> Interesting. How often do you review your folders and your feed and your paper trail and all that? Um, I would say that I never look at the feed on my Mac, and I never look at the paper trail on my Mac. Those will be idle moments on the phone when I'll just have a look through and go, oh, there's a newsletter from them. I'll, let me read that. I like that one. Or there's this newsletter from that. And that will maybe be a couple of times a week. Oh, interesting. All right. So Stu has pretty much eliminated email from his life. Hmm. As much as I can, yeah. Wow. Okay. So we, we use it a little differently because I'm, I left Hay. Hay was a little too limiting. Maybe it's better now. Um, do, do you have that to one of your, your personal email? Is that a domain, a personal domain with Hay? Or is that still the at hey.com email? Um, well, you, you can have both now. So you can, uh, if you forward from um, uh, Stuart at um, domain.com, then I can set up a responder that's, I can set up a, um, an address on Hey to reply that comes from Stuart at domain.com. Oh, nice. Okay. So that's so, an improvement from the last time I used it, which was, I didn't like having a hey.com email address. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to have one. I, mean, I, st I still do have one. Um, and it's there as a, as an option if I want to use it, but, um, I don't have to use it. Hmm. Interesting. I was thinking about outlook because, well, I still use it for business mail, 
but I'd sort of forgotten all the crufty bits that it has. Mm. Um, you know, Diego Forte's uh, opening comment, his quote, mm. uh, and I realized just how ugly it is. And again, I'm I'm in a bit of a luxury situation where I can choose what I'm going to use for. You know, I, I don't use Outlook for a to-do list because, well, there's better to-do lists out there. I don't use it for notes because, well, there's better notes out there. Uh, so I just use it for corporate mail and it works fine. I've got a couple of different corporation email addresses in there. Uh, it's folder system for me. Again, uh, if you are very careful, you're good with the move to junk. You don't see a lot of that stuff. It's filtering is pretty decent now. Um, and yeah, it, it, it works fine. I can't, I can't say I love it, but, uh, you know, it, if you've got a computer that has enough Ram, it's Microsoft. So it's a, a little hungry. It's fine. Um, but I, I understand where corporate limitations of putting everybody on Microsoft outlook for a Microsoft organization, <laughs> fear, cost, standardization, yeah. individualism, you know, they, they really have led to such a crappy corporate environment that everybody's there. I, I don't know if you remember the Dilbert comics. Uh, I think they're probably still doing them, but, uh, back in the, well, uh, 20 years ago, there was a character in Dilbert called Mordak, the preventer of information services. And well, he's alive and well and hiding in the server rooms of corporate America. And I put a, a link in, there's some really fun ones here. Uh, and I put one in for Stu. And it says, my software is so old that I can't open any files that people send me. And Mordak, the IT guy in the organization says, I can't upgrade your computer because then it will be non-standard. And by non-standard, you mean useful? Be gone, wordsmith. And really that still to me is many corporate IT. That's why For sure. Outlook and and generally Windows computers in, in general are out there. And, you know, that's... <laughs> That is email, that is all your antivirus software and all your anti-phishing software and all your uh, th three login process token things that you've got to have your phone and... Oh, just just while you were talking that I opened, I, was, I have Outlook for one client, right? Um, so I'm the CEO of the, of the Cypress company, which currently does nothing, which is great. But they... Um, they put me on their, their IT system, as you might expect. And for a while, I had my consultancy uh, email. I thought, okay, I'll put all of my corporate stuff into Outlook. And that lasted maybe a couple of months where I had you know separate apps for, as, as you do really, work and, and personal and all mm -hmm. that. Um, but just now, I opened up Outlook, and the first thing it came up with was the Microsoft um, authenticator saying, um, can we have your password? <laughs> now the um my my personal mordak um has has a a rule that the passwords have to change every six weeks uh they have to be a certain amount of digits uh, a certain amount of characters sorry with a certain amount of numbers capitals blah blah all of that sort of good jazz and then you have to have 2fa with uh the microsoft authenticator on your phone Right. So it really is the most awful 
awful system. I mean, I've just literally opened Outlook. It's asked me for that thing, and I've gone, well, I can't, I can't do that because the um, the IT Mordak <laughs> uh, have made it so that you can't copy paste into the password field. Oh God, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Microsoft do this quite a lot, actually. So um, you can't have it in a, or you can have it in a password manager, but you have to then transcribe it um, as you're as you're doing it. Oh my goodness gracious! Um, and then once I log in, it will then what that that then starts a sort of avalanche where um, Microsoft Teams will go. Oh, we haven't logged into me for a while either, um, and it's the same password. And then to access a sort of a key database that, that uh, we use, I can only do that through virtual machine. Oh my God. So a remote desktop. So I have to go onto a remote desktop where I use, guess what, the same password, which you can't copy paste in. And I have to use Microsoft Authenticator. And once I get through that, it then asks me to log into Outlook, <laughs> which is the same password. So I then have to put it into that again. And then, because I'm now on the server, it'll say, oh, it's Microsoft Teams here. You haven't logged into me for a while, so I have to log into that. Then I have to use the web browser on the remote machine to open up access to the, we call it the CRM, very exciting, very original name, um, which will then ask me for a different password, except I always make the password the same because I'm a rebel. Um, and that one changes every four weeks so in my calendars i actually have reminders to go and change all these calendar change all these passwords so that is your full-time job isn't it well pretty much i mean when i said to people i said well how do you handle all that they go well you get used to it you know just every couple of weeks you just go and do that and you have one day that you're basically just putting in all your passwords because remember in the world that we live in i mean okay i'm sitting here at my mac i also have a laptop i have uh, my ipad and i have my phone and because you can't copy them into Keychain, um, you have to do each device individually. And so everybody in that company is spending the best part of one day a month just go, oh, oh, yeah, my phone. Yeah, okay. But, but I'm like, why do you put up with it? Like, I don't understand why you do it. But as you say, it's, it's the corporate thing. And, you know, Mordak always turns around and says, well, security is important. Mm -hmm. And you go, yeah, but I mean, the system that these guys use, and this, this runs the risk of becoming a rant, the system that this guy uses forces people to write down their passwords. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you force people to write down their passwords, you're not secure anymore because people can find the passwords. Anyway, I, <laughs> I just, I just, like, it, it just worked for me. I just opened it up and went, no, no, no. I, I get stressed looking at the Outlook interface. And I've got the new one, which is slightly less over the top than the old one. Oh, Stu. I'm just, I'm just thinking about your system. And a couple of weeks ago, I bought myself a new smart TV, uh, Amazon Prime Day, as uh -huh. we're here in the States and in Canada. And they had a, a good deal on a TV. So I, I upgraded one in, in my model room. Uh, but because it wasn't an Apple TV, because, well, I just don't want to put that much money into having an Apple dongle attached to a smart TV. And I already have the Amazon devices throughout the house. I kind of sure. trust them as much as I can. I went through and I had to log into all of my apps using 
the little um, TV remote, which is mm. click over three, click up one, hit enter, click down three, click over four more, yeah, yeah. hit the next letter, go down to the little thing on the corner that says, now you're going to capitals or now you're going into the character set and then mm -hmm. scroll back over and click on that one. The challenges of using a password manager for apps that you have, um, is, is real. Like putting in a difficult password that I've generated in one password, which is a password manager I use mm -hmm. into some of these TV screens. Oh, I, I must've spent an hour going back and forth for four apps. It was absolutely brutal to think that you have to do this so much in a corporate environment. I think you're right in the fact that not only will you write it down, but you will also come up with the shortest password with the least amount of changes back and forth. Yeah. It's going to be the least secure password that you can possibly make to meet the criteria. It's just terrible. No, no. I mean, I, I spoke to people and they, you know, they will use city name, uh, digit one, digit two, digit, digit three, symbol one, symbol two. And then the next time they just, you know, increase the integer and, you know, they just come up with these systems of uh, completely circumventing it because it's so awkward. Um, but you know, what can you do? That's, that's corporate for you. Corporate. Nobody wants to take uh, responsibility for it. Mm. So if you're, if you're stuck with corporate email, well, you can go with the Stu's way and rage against the server closet, or you can try to tame the beast. I, revealing my sword and shield, doth fight the tyranny of email, both bravely and valiantly, in the name of the fine princess productivity. Because I think unified inboxes are evil. So my approach to this <laughs> is separate and conquer, filter and automate, unsubscribe, and use junk mail automation liberally. Mm -hmm. uh, because, yeah, that's just the way I do it. Because I'm, I'm still sort of stuck in some of this corporate world. Um, yeah, as, as we talked a little bit, kind of hinted at, I use different apps for email. I only use email apps on my computer. I have no email on my mobile devices because I'm just weird that way. And well, there's nothing that important that I need to get a hold of. Uh, and even that, depending on which computer, I only have my jobby job email on my jobby job computer and my personal email on a different computer. So it's, it's very confusing. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm a big folder guy, so I, I couldn't imagine everything going into one part and only having three folders that just, Hey, Oh, that just scares me. The amount of mental gymnastics that I would have to do to do that. So, yeah. um, yeah, my, my mind is completely different than Stu's. Yeah. The mental gymnastics thing. I mean, i I worked your system for, uh, I don't know, six months a year where I would have, um, that sort of separation. So, okay. I still have email on my phone, but I had on whatever devices I had different apps. So mm -hmm. I had a corporate one going for this client and for the, the consultancy business. So that would, that would go into Outlook. Then Nero's notes was going into spark, which is a, it was a great email client. If, if you haven't tried it, give it a go. Um, and then I had, uh, my, my sort of personal one, my, my own name domain one going into, I think it was just mail, actually the mail app. Um, mm -hmm. and what would happen 
would be that I would, because I don't have notifications, as I'm sure you don't either. Um, I would, I would end up just not going anywhere near <laughs> Outlook because I'm just like, oh no, I'm not going to go near that. Um, I, if anybody needs me, they'll, they'll finally get me. So email was just getting ignored there. And I found the mental gymnastics was, oh, let's check email. Oh, hang on. I need to take, I need to, everybody, right. We're going to, we're going to check email now. Here goes four hours uh, as I go from app to app to app to app. I just found that too much for me. Mm. So I, I, my focus is, I think our focus is the same to achieve uh, the, the same result in a very different way. I unsubscribe pretty liberally. Um, I use the uh, the screener so that email doesn't come through to me. Where 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 I have made a conscious decision is I do not archive email anymore. Mm-hmm. It just goes, just gone. That's uh, and so I I no longer have any need for folders, which I, I appreciate is scary and in a corporate world probably won't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm that just the amount of time you have to go back to a previous email and follow up and uh, yeah, there's gotta be something in there. Um, so yeah, I do it a little differently. I've got several different email programs. I use outlook for the corporate jobby job stuff. I use spark as well. One of the things as Stu, uh, he's putting everything from all of his different web domains and businesses into the one email. Uh, I use spark and I have a series of all of those different emails for all of the, Mm. The web things I've got, uh, there's a stationary adjacent goes in there. Uh, my other podcast goes in there. My personal, uh, domain goes in there because I've got a couple of different ones on there and they're great because they're, they're stuff I don't have to look at very often. Uh, the corporate one, I close email every day. So I open it at prescribed times. I look at it, I respond what's ever needed in that time slot, and then I close it again. And surprisingly stuff that isn't, uh, particularly interesting, exciting, you know, if it's really important, somebody will send me another email and I'll follow up or they'll call me or they'll, they'll get a hold of me some other way. Uh, but it, it works well enough for kind of the roles that I'm in, which again, role specific, I think also kind of helps for this. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff I want to have, one of the things I actually do, and I put a, a screenshot in here for Stu is I have a series of folders that, well, it's, it's very GTD really, isn't it, Stu? <laughs> I did my, my show note was ah contexts. Um because that's what they look like. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so what I have is I've got uh well a bunch of at signs because at signs always come to the top in my folder system and they're the things that uh, have stuff that I want to see. So, you know, I've got some newsletters. Well, I've got a, a automatic folder or an automatic movement to a folder called news. I've got one called actions, which is anything I want to follow up on that I want to do. That is not something that I really want to add a a task in a task manager for. I've got a little button or a little folder that I can drop it in. I've got uh, a read stuff to read newsletters that I want to read kind of like Stu's feed. I have them all go there. If it doesn't go there, it's probably something that I unsubscribe from. So this is a constant, constant choice for me of, do I want it to go there? Do I trash it, put it in my junk mail settings? Do I put it there? There are several people that I want to hear from and, and look through their advertising, their email chains. I have a, a, a special folder for that. 
Um, I've got a reference, a someday, and a waiting for, which is where you get really, really GTD. Ref reference, reference is giving me is giving me palpitations. Is that because I just realised I don't have a capital in the name? <laughs> exactly that. Everything else is capitalised except <laughs> reference. It's like oh. What's wrong I just with noticed reference? that. I went, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, ref well, reference is not that important. So there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I I use context. I use context with apps so that I control my time. I use context with locations. Well, that's quite easy because I don't have it on my phone. Sure. Uh, but I use the folder system, particularly this sort of GTD stuff builds up in there. And the nice thing about that for me is, let's say my news section. I can scroll through my news and quickly get the headlines from the newsletters that I'm into without having to do a deep dive or getting tied up in the advertising emails or the pen news emails or any of those other sort of things that I think a unified inbox would cause me problems with because mm -hmm. I, I can then, if I'm in, if I'm in my email, I could say, okay, today I'm going to go through this. I check my email in the morning and I probably am going to go through my news, see what the headlines of the day are, uh, mostly so I can have a conversation with my wife at uh, breakfast because she reads all the news before she gets up. I like to have that sort of process in place, which is completely different than the way Stu is doing it, which is kind of why I thought it would be an interesting discussion to talk about. So you're, you're not using context at all for anything. No. No. Um, what, what I do do, I don't know if you do this, um, is I do forward emails to my task manager. So if I'm, um, you know, going through my email, either on a mobile device or on my Mac, um, and I see something that the Hay does have a couple of sort of action, um, choices. So you can, um, you can click reply later, which puts it into a sort of little holding area for you, mm -hmm. or you can click set aside, which sort of just puts it on the shelf for you to get back to it another time. And there's some nice display options and all that stuff. Um, but I try to touch email only once. So when I see the email go, if there's an action, uh, if we're going to get all GTD about the whole thing, I will then send that to my task manager. Um, and my task back from my task badger, that's where I'll decide if it needs to go to a folder or to a, uh, a calendar or any of those types of things. Um, do you do that? Do you do that? Cause I mean, you can do that with OmniFocus, I think, which is your task management weapon of choice. You betcha. Uh, I could do that. I don't use it too often because I don't want email to become a task in itself. Sure. What I have, and I mentioned before, was a little folder called Actions. And just to give you an idea how this works and tie it back into the podcast, uh, all of the emails for the pens that I've got are in the Actions folder waiting for me to go through, reply to, get pens together. I have a task manager note for the weekend to figure out how to go through that, figure out the pens and mm -hmm. that is a task, but I don't want to have, you know, 12 different emails blocking up my task manager that I then have to review and I have to manage. So I sort of have a cheats way for it. If it is something that, you know, is, um, you know, a month from now I need to review or renew my car insurance and I'm doing that by email that's actually in the task manager that way it is specific and it's not going to get missed and i have a link back 
to the original email in uh, in mail, Apple Mail. But it it's something that I don't tend to do too often because most of the stuff, and, and again, I hate to say it, but most email really isn't that important that I want to make a task out of it. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's quite rare for me. Yeah, and so that that's kind of my... The temptation with having a task manager is that you can fill it with junk and cruft. And what I'm really trying hard not to do is do that because I still want to plan my days around the most valuable activities. And email really isn't one of those. Email is a thing that you have to do to get things done, but it's not where you need to be spending your time, which is why I kind of have this horror thing of people that use Outlook for everything because opening up an email app to look at your to-do list, oh, that would just drive me nuts. So I, I kind of try to minimize that. And part of that is I, I batch things. I, I put them into folders and I come back and look at them when I'm in the mood and when I have scheduled time for it. And that, that seems to work fairly effectively for me. I use a similar system in uh, all of my... Um, Outlook stuff for the jobby job. There are things that I get information and I only have to act on them every couple of weeks or I have to review them once a month. And I will collect those into folders so that I'm not looking at them. I'm not creating a task for each one of those emails because there may be lots of them, but I've now set a time that I'm going to go back and review that. So it's just kind of the way I do it. It's a little different. It's kind of a memory technique in some ways. Um, but it's, it, it keeps the important stuff in my task manager separate from the kind of review stuff that's in my email, if that makes any sense. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, um, it's, it's, it's habits, isn't it? So, um, I will only send something to my, uh, task manager if it's a, a task that I need to do. So I'll give you an example. Um, I was. I've been involved in an email chat. I've had a phone conversation with a potential client. And as is the, the case with, with, you know, corporates, they go away and think about it and they scratch their, their behinds and, the, and then they come back and they go, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Oh, right. So when that email comes through, that goes to my task manager because I now have to prepare a, a contract. I have to set up invoicing. I have to do all those bits and pieces. So that's important. That's one I don't want to miss. And I would then send that to my task manager because as you say, that's going to get done because it's gone to my task manager. That would be the only thing I think I've sent to my task manager in uh, probably a month. Um, and by a different sort of route, we're both getting to the same place. And this, uh, the place that you need to be is, as you said, email uh, destroys much more work than it helps. And I, uh, I know of people, and I'm sure you know of people who spend all day in their inbox. Now, okay, if your job is to respond to email, okay, fine. But most people that I know that do this, their job is not to respond to email, but they just find themselves constantly responding to email. Um, and that's what you need to find a system that will avoid, whether it be, you know, your sort of filtering system, putting things in separate places, keeping things out of the way, um, or mine, which is unless it's important, it gets ignored pretty much, um, then email can be a problem. So, you know, golden rules for me, which I think are going to marry to yours. Uh, one is don't have notifications switched on. Oh. Um, the reason being, 
they'll notify you and you did uh two close your email app um, i know we agree on that it, it shouldn't be open unless you're using it for something um and try and deal with mail once that's why inbox zero um although you know perhaps not as as vaunted as it once was is is good is because it encourages you to look at an email and decide what to do about it mm-hmm. uh, and then never think about it again if you allow your inbox to grow and grow and grow then you end up with hundreds of of emails that you think oh is there something there i need to do is there something that i meant to reply to but i didn't oh um okay well i'll i'll go through those next time i've got two hours and of course you've never got two hours and so you never go through them so it just gets bigger and it becomes a whole sort of uh, you know, wasted uh, emotional and mental overhead is spent on, oh, what's in that email? Um, those are my rules. Have you got any different ones? Any extra ones? No, I, I completely agree with yours. Close the apps, no notifications. Schedule your time to do it. Again, that's something you're going to have to assess, particularly at Jobby Job stuff. How often do I need to check in? You know, what's the corporate environment? But close it in between those. You know, don't let other people... What's the old saying? Uh, email is other people writing on your to-do list. That's it. And so really kind of uh, get away from having that to-do list there. Take your time responding if you can. You know, don't, don't be a slave to that because, well, you train people that if you're on email responding to everything, instead of people looking stuff up, they could just email you and uh, push the monkey onto your back and then it's your problem to deal with. And it's something that, you know, in a lot of cases, people can deal with themselves. You know, if people want to get a hold of you, they're going to, whether it's a text, a, a voice call, an instant messaging, there's other ways that you can deal with this. Email should be low priority. Uh, one thing that, you know, Stu, I was just looking at Stu talk about uh, getting to sort of inbox zero. I was on vacation last week and I scanned my email very briefly looking for things that required an immediate attention. And there was a couple of those, but very, very few, you know, you just, you don't spend a lot of time on email when you're on vacation, but you need to make sure nothing's blown up. I'm coming back to it on the Monday morning and sitting down. Uh, I actually did take that hour to go through and clean up all the crufty stuff. A lot of it, again, information that I will need at a certain point, I don't read it, need it right now. What do I do with it? Well, I file it away for reference for when I actually need that information. And that is so valuable to get there because just opening up my email and looking at it and seeing all of those emails back and forth, corporate stuff, oh, it was, it was overwhelming. So I, I don't know how people live in an inbox and work out of an inbox. It's kind of crafty. Come up with whatever your use is, whether you have a to-do list folders, tags, however you want to be able to do that, but get it out of email because if you live in your email, the cognitive load is just going to take you away from anything else you can be doing that would be much more productive and likely much more fulfilling as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'll give you an example. I, six months ago, something like that, when I was um, looking at going back, back into Hay. Um, I was assessing my emails and I was getting give or take 200 a day. Um, and most of those, like, for, like, like, you know, for many people that, uh, 
are rubbish or just you know receipts or things you don't need to to really pay attention to but 200 is is a lot of decisions to make um and i was like justin i had rules that would put things in certain places so i didn't have to, to really give them any consideration or maybe once a week or once a month or whatever um but still i you know i found that i had to design a system to try and minimize the impact that this 200 um of as justin says somebody else's to do <laughs> didn't get onto my list um just today i've just had a look now at, at my im box um justin's favorite name um i've got two perfect yeah i i've got it to the stage now that one percent of my email uh, gets into a place that i regularly look at the other 99 percent goes somewhere else and that's the most important thing, whether you get there through Justin's method or mine, is that it doesn't become something that drains the emotional and mental energy from you. Mm, definitely. Cool. I think we agree on this. Uh, what's your takeaways from the discussion and the thoughts, Stu? Uh, uh, just consider it. Um, you know, wherever you are in, in life or work, there, you will have different constraints to, to Justin and I, but there will be different things that you can do. Uh, if you don't think about email and you don't manage email, then it will manage you. So have a think about what you're doing and what you could do better, whether that be setting up some folders and some automations, maybe using a task manager, or you know, if you're in a fortunate position like me, just go, do you know what? <laughs> I'm going to let all this email archive go. Um, that might not be possible for some people, but think about it. What about you, Justin? Well, I have strong thoughts on email, particularly setting it up myself, how I did it, how I use it, uh, how I have to integrate it in with corporate jobby job. And the best part of that is I set it up a long time ago and I haven't touched it. And I don't think about it and I don't live my life controlled by it. Um, the foldest thing works for me, as, as Stu said, pick a system that you feel will work for you and meet the needs that you have. But if you get to the point where you have a system and it works and you know where everything is going to be, whether it's in a task manager or an email folder or in a tag, or just forget about it like Stu does, um, don't worry about email because it's really generally not that important. Now, occasionally your job will dictate that it is much more important. And that's why, again, schedule your time on it, but pick the top things that are important. Most of it isn't. All right, Stu, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, well, unlike Justin, you can still find me on Twitter. I'm at, uh, at Stu Lennon. Uh, or you can find me at stuart.lennon.587 on Instagram. Um, or you can find me at my own website, which is stuartlennon.com. Or if you fancy a bit of stationery, nerosnotes.co.uk. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? You can find me, well, um, our website, stationaryadjacent.com. You can find me at justintwyford.com. I'm kind of lurking on Twitter. I've got the app on my Mac, so that's where I go to look at that. You can still kind of find me on Instagram, but I'm not sure what my relationship with that is because, well, if nobody gets to see it, uh, you know, what's the, the old saying, if a tree falls in a forest and nobody hears it, did it really make a sound? Um, and I kind of feel that a lot of that is going that way at the moment. So I'm in a position of transition. We'll figure out where we end up on that one. 
If you want to talk to us, uh, stationeryadjacent at gmail.com. If anybody in Europe wants pens, uh, send an email to that and I'll forward it over to Stu and we can get you some. I'm probably, well, I'm decimating my collection, so I'm unlikely to have a lot more extra, unfortunately, uh, by the time I do that. Who knows? By the time I get through that on the weekend, we'll see. Uh, please take a moment to like and review us on your podcast catcher choice. We really do appreciate your recommendations to friends and colleagues, and maybe even your version of Mordak, the preventer of information services. Send it to him. He can learn what not to do. Our next topic is going to be managing instant communication. These are the things that, well, people get a hold of you when you don't answer emails, which we thought was kind of related to this week's topic. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us.